today on It's Time. The devil makes a lie look like truth. That's why we study the entirety of God's Word. It reveals that by nature, all of us, we are unthankful. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. Good morning. If you have your Bible, Exodus chapter 16. And uh, again, want to just encourage every one of you today as we look at this, you know the importance of looking at the entirety of God's Word is first of all, it shows us who we really are and it shows us who God really is. Now, I think there's a lot of times that we have a false concept of who we are and a false concept of who God is. He's my big buddy upstairs, and you know, me and God got this little deal going on. Well, you'll find out that really God doesn't make deals. God is a square God. He deals with us in his love, in his promises. But he's also honest enough with us to tell us who we are. Have you ever been around people that are egomaniacs? Have you ever been around people that are depressed all the time and always down? Well, you're not getting who you are according to God's Word. And that's why it's so important that as we study God's Word together, we get the entire counsel of God's Word. Exodus chapter 16. This is one month after the children of Israel left Egypt. Okay, they pack up, they're on their way to the promised land. So if you want to know what the diary was like for the children of Israel, here is one month, 30 days from when they left. Now they're uh, in the, they're on the other side of the uh, Red Sea. Pharaoh's army has been destroyed. They watched the ten plagues fall upon the Egyptians, yet it never fell upon any of the Israelites. And they saw all these things, the pillar of fire by night, the cloud of smoke by day. And you you might say, why am I going over this? Because this is a chapter of complaining. I'm always amazed by that. How much God does for you, and at the same time, we go, thank you, God, but... And we start downloading on God as if in some way He shorted us. The Bible tells us clearly that God reminds us who we are. Now, something important to remember. The Bible says it's not within us as human beings to live righteously. It's not in our old sin nature, friends. That's why Jesus said in John 3, you must be born again. It's not an option. It's a requirement. You must be born again. That that died in the garden that day when man and woman ate of the tree has been dead 
until we become born again. And that spirit of God is born back in us afresh. Let's pray. Father, today as we go to your word, we just ask you now that you would show us, God, your divine providence and love towards us. And so as we study these words, may they come alive. May they not be just ink on paper, but Lord, as your word says, they become living and become part of us. In Jesus' name, amen. It says, they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of sin. Now, I think this is interesting, because really, it could have been worded, the wilderness of Zin, Z-I-N. But there was a lot of sinning going on. And so I think the word, the wilderness of sin, is probably very apropos. They're on their way to Sinai, where God was going to give Moses the Ten Commandments. Now remember, the Ten Commandments were never meant to justify a man. The Ten Commandments were given to show us what God's standard is and how man will never come up to it. In the New Testament, we remember when the early church, when people, the Gentiles, start getting saved, and they said, what rules and laws are we going to put on the, the Gentiles since none of our fathers could keep the commandments? You see, there's something wrong with this. There's something that is not, uh, this old sin nature that we have, this old body that we have, that's prone to sin. Now, some good news is, you're going to get a brand new body. The Bible says he's going to clothe you with his righteousness, which he's done, but then eventually you're going to get a whole new body. And I like that idea. When I get aches and pains, I, I tell people I can do everything that I did when I was 30. I just pay for it for a month. Now, some of you younger people are sitting here, they're going, what's that mean? You'll find out. You just will. Providing the Lord tarries. Now, a lot of things going on in our world. We know the world has gone crazy. It's always been crazy, but now it's like on steroid crazy. And what is interesting is that, um, of course, Al-Qaeda, the whole Afghanistan, they've been emboldened. They've got now $65 billion worth of America's latest technology completely in the hands of the enemy. They have all of our intellectual property. All this, this is the greatest military blunder in the history of man. There's no other other words for it. Uh, Al-Qaeda now is probably the fourth most powerful, well-equipped army on earth. Now, people make fun of them and say, oh, they're a bunch of ragheads. They, they, you know, they'll break and they don't know how to fix it. Friends, they'll find somebody that knows how to fix it. And you got to remember that this emboldens this Ezekiel 38-39 war that's about to happen, I really believe. Now, tomorrow is kind of an interesting day. It's Rosh Hashanah, not based upon the Gregorian calendar or even the Hebrew calendar, but upon the Jewish spiritual calendar. And tomorrow ends the Festival of Trumpets. Now, what they do in about a week from now, they start the Jewish New Year. It's called Yom Kippur. And so in order to prepare yourself to go into the new year, unlike we in America, 
that take New Year's Eve, sing, shall all acquaintance be forgotten. They have a week, uh, actually several days, of looking at their life. Have I wronged anybody? Have I taken anything that doesn't belong to me? Do, do, does, do I have odd against a neighbor? And for a few days, as they hear these silver trumpets blown throughout the land of Israel, they will assess their life and think about their life. And as they prepare to go into a new year, don't bring the baggage from last year into the new one. And so they do this, this festival of trumpet, Rosh Hashanah. And, and, and then what happens is on the, on the last day, when the first three stars appear in the Jewish sky, they blow the ram's horn. It's called the last trumpet. I often wonder if what Paul was talking about at the last trump is he referring possibly to that trumpet. If it is, it's some supernatural insight that God gave Paul. And all I can tell you is this. If the rapture happens tomorrow morning, that would be our time. Fine with me. Time to get a new body. Time to get a new everything. Whatever I've got here, I'm leaving. Goodbye. But the question is, if the Lord was to come, let's just say tomorrow morning. Twelve hours difference roughly between Jewish time and Idaho time. Would you be ready to go? Or would you say... Uh, wait a minute, I got some things I got to do. That's why the Bible says, Jesus said, to be able to open the door quickly when he comes. I just want to encourage you that Jesus said over and over again, Behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me. Watch ye therefore. Be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord's going to come. I do believe no one knows the hour of the day. But I do believe we'll know the season and the course that the world is on and has been on at least for the last few weeks. I believe the world is on a collision course with no way out, friends. You don't equip sworn enemies of yours with your latest, greatest technology. And then in turn, walk away And let them do what they're going to do. Everyone forgot how come we got in Afghanistan. That's where the cell groups of the terrorists were operating, which brought about 9-11. We will never forget. You'll see American flags. We'll never forget. We forgot. We forgot. And so what I'm saying is this. The world's going to change rapidly, I believe now. Be ready. You're going to be used by God. People in the world do not know what's going on. But you as Christians do. The American news media (laughs) is not going to tell them the truth. The government's not going to tell them the truth. Only you, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. He's the truth. Because you're in Christ, you know the truth. Now again, as they get ready, there's a week span of time, seven days, and then Yom Kippur, the new year begins. And so I pray that no matter what God does tomorrow, if God does not come today or tomorrow, 
I pray that um, we realize that we're in overtime and do everything you can to be about your father's business. One month goes by. They see all the blessings of God. And look what happens in just one month of time. The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. <laughs> one month. 30 days. They just got done seeing the entire Egyptian army drowned in the Red Sea. Now remember, while all this is going on, there's a pillar of fire by night, keeping them warm, a cloud of smoke in the daytime, keeping that hot desert sun off of them. And while all this is going on, they still complain. Now, people say, well, we're a New Testament church. We don't study the Old Testament. How sad, because Jesus said we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the Old Testament reveals to us our true nature. Now, again, have you ever found yourself complaining with everything that we have? We have food on our tables. We have a roof over our head. We have all these different things. And yet I can still find room to complain to God about something. I look at this and I go, how could they do that? And then I see myself in the very pages. Isn't that amazing how we can do that? It says the whole congregation, not just one or two, they were all bellyaching. And the children of Israel said to them, oh, that we had died By the hand of the Lord in Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out to this wilderness to kill us, this whole assembly, with hunger. Moses, you're a rat. You're not good, kid. You're not good at all. I mean, that's what they were coming to him, and they were saying, look, you brought us all out here to die. After all that they had just seen in the hand of God. Isn't it interesting? And I've shared this before. Many people wonder about the celebration of Passover, how they'll have the roasted lamb, all these different things, but they have the bitter herbs in that dinner. And people go, well, what's the bitter herbs doing in this Thanksgiving, you might say? Why do they have... The bitter herbs are to remind them of the bitterness, what it was like when they were in Egypt, because we forget. Sometimes people look at their Christian life and say, well, you know, back when I wasn't a Christian, I partied down. Yeah, really? Like that was some good thing when you'd wrap your car around a tree? When you would end up with all kinds of diseases, when you do all these different things that the world would say, do this and you'll be happy and we'd do that. And we got saved because we knew that was a stupid way to live. And then the devil comes along and says, hey, you know what? Think about it for a minute. Think about how you used to party down. Now, yeah, you were the life of the party with a lampshade on your head. You were dancing great till someone stepped on your hand. Yeah, you were a real dude. Well... You look at that and you realize the devil makes a lie look like truth. That's why we study the entirety of God's word. It reveals that by nature, all of us, we are unthankful. So these are things I need to be careful of in my life. Now, the thing that kept the children of Israel from going into the promised land, do you know what it was? A lot of people don't know. Smoking, drinking, chewing, hanging around with wild, crazy women. 
No, that's not what kept them from going into the promised land. You know what it was? Complaining. Complaining is the focus here of how God wants us to look at who he is versus who we are. Now, when you look at this, complaining is denying the blessings of God in our life. Think about it for a minute. When you take inventory of your life, you look at the blessings that you have in your life. You know, God, will you give me a car? You give me this. And all of a sudden we begin to recognize the things we have and we go, wow, God, that's pretty neat. When we take inventory, we thank God. By having thanksgiving in our hearts, it forces us to take that inventory how God has blessed you and me. This offsets the times in which the devil will come along and say, well, you know what? If God was really God, you'd have this in your life. He's forgotten you. Well, look what happens here. They complained against him. You brought us out here to die. Verse four, the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare and bring it in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Moses and Aaron said to the children of Israel, At evening you shall know the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your murmuring against the Lord. But we... But what are we that you murmur against us? Now, a couple of things here. Look at this. In the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord. Wow, the glory of the Lord. I always want to see the glory of the Lord. I always picture like gold lights. You know, I died for two minutes. And people always come up and they ask me, did you see the glory of the Lord? Uh, No, I, I didn't see golden puppies. I didn't see rainbows. But I was at peace. Now, I know some people who die actually do have that. Maybe I wasn't dead long enough. I don't know. I didn't want to hang around to find out, you know. But the thing is, what's really weird here, as you look at this, it says the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord is in God's provision for you. Moses said, you guys are complaining. You don't have bread. You don't have meat. And you got to realize that they probably had their provisions that they took from Egypt. They're 30 days now into their wilderness journey, and they're probably starting to run low on supplies, and they're starting to get freaked out. And then people talk to people, and the gossip starts building. And do you know what? Moses really brought us out here tonight. Really? He brought, yeah, he's really an Egyptian. Remember? He was raised in Egyptian's house. This is a way that they figured out to kill all of us. Oh, yeah. And I could just see the Jerusalem press going wild. Because look, look at it. And, and you ever notice how when you get around people that are gossiping, you know, yeah, and then they did this, and then they did this, and then they did this. none of it's true, but I mean this is just the way they're gonna do it. Well, here's the problem. They saw all these things that God did and forgot every one of them in only 30 days. Wow, friends, think about that for a minute. 30 days they completely forgot who they were, that they were God's people. In the morning, you shall see the glory of the Lord's God's 
Glory for you is his provision for you. Do you see it? I'll tell you something. I forget that sometimes. God takes great pride, great demonstration of love to provide for you, to give you what you need. Isn't that what Jesus said, though? I'll provide for you his riches and glory. That's what God's going to give us. That's what his promise is. He likes to take care of us. And he has to show us that he will. He said this, there's going to be bread on the ground. We're going to get into the definition of what that is in just a moment. But there's going to be bread on the ground. And you're going to pick it up. But on the sixth day, you're going to get twice as much because there won't be any on the seventh day. Now, this was some kind of a special bread that had a good clock. Knew when to show up and when not. Well, on the seventh day, it doesn't show up. So you take an extra amount only on Saturday to get you, or only on, on, on Friday to get you through the Sabbath on Saturday. Now, if you took more Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday than you were supposed to take, the Bible says, It went bad. It went rotten. There was worms in it and it stunk. Wow, this is some kind of a weird thing. It's supernatural bread, friends. Now, something to think about. When we read this, I want you to think about something. Jesus said that he was the bread of life. In fact, in Psalms, I believe it's 72, it says that it was angel food. Now, you think about this for a minute. Jesus is the bread of life. And I need a daily portion of him in my life every day. And when we stop to think, well, you know, I got saved 20 years ago. I don't care about God so much today. You're running on empty. God wants us to have a daily relationship with this bread of life. Jesus held up in communion, which we'll be having today. And he holds up the bread and he breaks it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Jesus all the time identified with the manna that came down from heaven. Jesus was that life-giving source that came down from heaven, that they were to partake of it. And he would nourish them through it. So it says, you'll see the glory of the Lord. Remember, the glory of the Lord is revealed in God's daily provision for us. Now remember, it was a daily provision. Give us this day our what? Daily bread. You see? So he says, Moses said, This shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and then the morning bread to the full for the Lord hears your murmurings, which you have made against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Moses spoke to Aaron, say to all the congregation, children of Israel, come near before the Lord, for he has heard your murmurings. (laughs) Hey, I like that. God's heard your grumblings. You know, I found out something. God hears it all, as a matter of fact. You know, that's why I let our yes be yes and our no be no, because what comes more of that is sin. Well, he says, Now it came to pass, Aaron spoke to the whole congregation, the children of Israel, that they should, that they look towards the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. 
And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you should be filled with bread, and all of you will know that I am the Lord your God. By the way, I think God puts us sometimes in tough situations so we'll know who our God is. Why, if God, you love me, why do I go through this trial? Because God's saying, I want you to come to me with your, with your, with your needs, not to everything else. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website, at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's time.